Here's the question. Are you a business owner wanting to grow your business, but you're struggling with how your podcast can help? Well, welcome to the show that's about to change all that. I am your host, Cliff Dubinois, and in this podcast, we're taking the problems of podcasting head on. Entrepreneurs like you will share their strategies, tactics, and tips that they use every day with their podcast to make it an effective marketing and revenue tool in their toolkit. Welcome to Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Hey there, world changers. Welcome back for another great episode of Entrepreneurs on Podcasting. Now, today's guest, like so many of us, started off in corporate America. Then in 2017, she hit burnout and decided to launch her own business, Good Sheila, which is a small batch paper goods shop. And now her products are being sold throughout the country. Very impressive. With 5% of the profits being donated for her 5% for good program. Now, today's guest created her podcast around two core ideas, building a strong business and point number two, using it as a tool for good. Love that. Please welcome to the show, the host of the Making Good podcast, Laura Tilden. Laura, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. Tell us a little bit more about your business and, and how did you decide to get into paper goods? Yeah. So I started my career in the market research industry. I worked as different marketing and events roles over eight years. And eventually I just reached a state of burnout that I just couldn't continue. So I was lucky enough my partner could keep the bills paid. I just quit and had no plan B. I just knew I wasn't on the right track and I figured I'd figure it out. And I had started painting and doing calligraphy before my wedding. And so I just started playing around with that. My mom owned a store at the time and I would hand make these cards one by one and she would sell them and people loved them. So eventually I started getting them produced and started my own business later the year that I quit in 2017. And yeah, I sold them retail first and then focused to wholesale, which is selling it to small independent shops and they resell. So I have a lot of different stockists in Washington state and a few throughout the rest of the country as well. And then in 2019, I took over my mom's retail store. It's called Station 7. It's in an old fire station in Seattle. And we focus on buying from small businesses and local businesses, businesses run by people from underrepresented groups. And I just really fell in love with the power of small business there and how small businesses are just the backbones of our community. They do so much good in the world. They're so involved. And I started my podcast, Making Good, to marry my corporate expertise in marketing, sharing that with the small business community and helping them build stronger businesses so that they can continue doing all the good that they already do, but just at a larger scale. My podcast, Making Good, focuses a lot on marketing and mindset and then just exploring the different ways that small businesses can make a positive impact, whether that's through philanthropy or advocacy or just being good community members. There's just so many ways, large and small, that really anything you do in your business, I like to say, any decision you make is an opportunity to make a positive impact. So we just really think through that on the podcast. And yeah, that's the 30-second version. <laughs> nice. I absolutely love it. Now, I want to go back and chase down uh, a couple things that, that you mentioned there. So first off, you decided to create your podcast, Marion Marketing with Small Business. Totally cool. You're also talking about mindset. 
Why is that important to discuss? Oh, man. Mindset is everything. And that's something I really underestimated when I first became a small business owner. I was really chasing down all the strategies and the tactics and took courses and really buried myself in learning the more practical side of business and paid zero attention to how important what was going on in my head was. And I found that I just really held myself back with different mindset struggles like perfectionism and imposter syndrome and having the confidence to show up, understanding that I had a lot of the answers I was looking for already. I didn't need to like go learn them from somewhere someone else. Just, I think it's, we were mentioning this a little bit before we hit record that running your own small business or business of any size is just such a huge adventure in personal growth and kind of learning what you're how much what goes on between your eyes, what goes on in your brain creates the results that you see in your life. And so I have bumped into that so much in my own experience. I've held myself back in so many ways. I've learned and done better, but I wanted to share that on the podcast too, because I know that's not something that everyone talks about. Well, I'm glad that you do because mindset has become, for me in my life and my entrepreneurial journey, mindset has become very core focus over the last year and a half. And it's amazing how our you know, mindset, our paradigm of the world, assumptions that we normally make just dictate so much of what we do throughout our day that I realized I was never stopping and asking myself, why do I think that way? Mm-hmm. Is there a better way to, to look at this? Is there another model that would be easier or would allow me to scale or something else like that. Cause it's the phrase that I used before is to, for me personally to grow, I always say, well, thank you old cliff for having the skills to get me to this point, but I need to be new cliff to, Mm -hmm. to move forward and to build, make my vision a reality, things like that. That requires a different mindset, requires different decision-making from how Mm -hmm. I approach everything. And I love the fact that you talk about, that you talk about mindset because mindset's everything. Yeah, it really is. And if you can get your mind, you know, wrapped around a problem or get it on the right track, it's just literally the world becomes your oyster. What I would like Mm -hmm. to do is take a step back and say, okay, so obviously uh, I'm loving the topics that you're talking about. What was it about podcasting that made you say, this is the best platform for me to use to get my message out? It's a really good question. For me, the podcast started as a passion project. I didn't I knew I didn't really want to do video. I do a lot of written content already. And I just, I personally love consuming podcasts. I listen to podcasts constantly. I think that the audio medium is such a great way to connect. It's, it's deep. It's a deeper connection that you form with someone than just reading a blog post, for example. You hear right. the way they're saying it in their voice and whatever emotion or passion they have behind what they're saying. I, c- I would like to say it was a very strategic decision, but the way that things began for me was just, it was May 2020. I have two product-based businesses. We were in the pandemic. It was horrible. The store was closed, everything. There was right. a lot of hard things going on. And I had just had this idea floating around for a while that I wanted to start a podcast. And so I just, I needed something to be really excited about. And I had just a long list of topics related to small business marketing and mindset and just exploring how to make a positive impact. That was really exciting to me. And I needed that (laughs) at that time. So 
It really did start as a passion project. And there was not, I know we'll talk about this, but in the beginning, there was not really a business model behind it. It was just, I love this. I want to talk about this. I want to connect with people who care about this too. And that's how I got started. It has evolved, but that's how it started. Nice. So what I would like to do, I actually, I've got a follow-up question, but I'm going to wait because mm -hmm. I want to ask this other question first. What has podcasting done for your business? How are you using podcasting to help your business? I would say it has created a new business for me, which is that I now have a membership program based on all of the kind of things that I talk about on the podcast and the community that I've developed through the podcast. I had people just connecting with me on Instagram, telling me how much the podcast meant to them and how much it was inspiring them and what they were learning. But what I found was while they were saying that they were learning a lot, it's what matters most is taking action, not learning. And so I decided I needed to create something to help people actually take the action that they needed to take. So I decided I needed to create something that helped people take the action and not just constantly be learning and consuming information. So it has now led to a new business called Making Good Happen, which is a monthly membership for people, small business owners who want to make smart marketing plans. And then most importantly, not just make the plan, but execute them. So yeah, that really was born out of the podcast and the audience that the podcast brought to me. I just launched that actually in December and it's been a blast so far. And so I would say like the business exists because of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> nice. I absolutely love that because this is one of the, one of the real ancillary benefits of producing media and getting it out there. And I'm not talking about posting a photo to Instagram or something, but some people I could get real results with that, but doing a podcast has really opened up um, this whole other, you know, path to revenue for your business, which I think is absolutely great. And so I, I want to take a step back here because you actually, you have a physical product that you're mm -hmm. selling in a store. And mm -hmm. obviously when the pandemic came, everything got shut down. You're thinking, Hey, let's start a podcast. And I could see for a lot of people out there that have the brick and mortar stores that have the mom and pop shops that they're thinking to themselves, wouldn't it make more sense for me to spend my time creating flyers and sprinkle them around town or something mm -hmm. else like that. But what was it? What I'd like to do is explore when you started the podcast, because we already asked you about what was it about podcasting, but when you started the podcast, did you already have a bit of a strategy in mind? Like, Hey, I can use this to build a community and build a monthly membership, or what was your thinking when you first started the podcast as far as helping your business goes? I really did not intend for it to be a marketing platform for my existing businesses. So like you say, they're pretty different than I, I have a paper goods business that sells greeting cards, vinyl stickers, and art prints. And then I have a retail store that sells small products, gifts, and other home goods. So the podcast was never intended. And maybe there could have been ways I could have used it to market those businesses, but I didn't. That wasn't really what it was about for me. Right. I think there was probably a little bit of me that knew, you know, I do have this marketing expertise that is, it's something that I can share with people and that could be monetized somehow in the future. I think in the beginning, maybe I expected eventually to do more ads, which I have had people reach out to me about advertising. I have not gone down that road yet. I decided like for now, I'm my own sponsor with right. my new program. So 
that's how I've monetized it. But yeah, it was there were foggy ideas about what it might turn into. What I think has led to it becoming pretty successful is being being able to talk about something I feel so excited about every week. I think that just yes. comes through. It's not, especially in the beginning, it was not out of obligation. I got nothing out of it. And so it was genuinely just things that I loved talking about. And that, I guess, spark is really something that people can pick up on, which I didn't really realize, but I've it's proven itself. So Nice. And the reason why I wanted to bring that up, because you mentioned here about talking about those topics that you're really passionate about. A lot of the times when I talk to people and they're thinking, oh, I could start a podcast or something else like that. For some reason, they think that the only thing that they could talk about is their core business. So you could have started your podcast and said, you know what? I'm only going to talk about paper products. Yeah. And there's a small audience that probably would have found you or had mm -hmm. you done that. But instead you take a step, you, you take that step back and, and you ask, it's almost like you asked your heart, what mm -hmm. is it that I really care about? What is the message I really want to get out to people and how can I be of better service or be able to serve my community even better? And that's exactly what I'm hearing when you're talking mm -hmm. about, about things like topics of mindset and marketing for small business. You reached out because you genuinely, wildly want to be able to be able to help people. You know, it's yeah. absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, it's worked out. It. I like to be strategic. I would say this was not the most strategic thing I've done. It was really, like you say, heart-led. And I'm I, this experience of this podcast has just inspired me to try to do more of that, try to do more of following what genuinely excites me and lights me up, because I do think there's something intangible, intangible that is uh, really a powerful marketing tool, even though right. it's not the the strategy and the mark matrix of well, SWOT analysis, but it, it's, I don't know, it has a certain magic to it. So I'm trying to take this experience beyond just the podcast because being lit up by what you do is pretty powerful. Oh yeah. And I completely agree with that. That's great. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, because at some point in time, it's and the thing the the phrase that comes to mind is the zone of genius, mm -hmm. the area where we just seem to be operated with our gifts and with our talents, and then where we really serve the world at a much higher level. And when I hear talk like that, that's what I think of. And and for our audience, mm -hmm. I'm talking about the Big Leap with Gay Hendricks, excellent book. If it isn't on your bookshelf, first off, put it on your bookshelf. Second <laughs> off, read it, highlight it because it's an absolute game changer. And I think for any entrepreneur that's hitting burnout. You need to read that book because I think mm -hmm. once you read that book and you understand the concept of the zone of genius, then I think that's going to help to relight that fire inside of you. Definitely make sure that you check that out. Now, I, I know we were talking before about your podcast and how you've created this, this new community, the making good happen and kudos to you for doing that. So uh, what I want to do is, and it's probably the same thing, but I want to ask what has podcasting done for your business? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's led. Let's see. I would say let's go back to mindset for a second. I would say the the number one biggest impact that the podcast has had on me, which then has made an impact on my business, is it has taught me how to be consistent. It is the the first time I think in my entire life that I have showed up consistently for something every week for almost two years now nice. and even in the beginning when it wasn't generating 
results. Like I, the numbers, the download numbers weren't that high to start out with. I wasn't hearing from that many people who were listening. It really did feel a little bit like just talking into the voice, but being willing to just consistently show up. I, I'm not sure exactly what did it for me. I think it was probably the accountability of saying, my podcast comes out every Tuesday. And then when Tuesday came around, I knew I better have something to release. But that, I don't know, experience of becoming a consistent person or finding a way to be consistent has just transformed pretty much everything in my life because nice. I don't like that. I don't identify as a consistent person. It's been something I've been really hard on myself about. But now I know that I can't be consistent if the right kind of factors are in place. So finding ways to chant to channel that consistency into other parts of my business has made huge impacts. And then, yeah, I think, as you say, the other big impact is that it's opened up a whole new revenue stream for me, which is marketing. We're doing marketing support work, group coaching, essentially, for other small business owners, which was not a business that I had at all before the podcast. What I'd like to do is circle back and talk a little bit more about, so you've launched your podcast. You're getting it out there. You're talking about topics that you're absolutely passionate about. At what point in time did you think to yourself, this is something I could wrap a membership around and charge for it. Let's just see if, you know, people are interested, if I can charge a you know, monthly fee, whatever it is. What, at what point did you, that, that you, did you make that realization or that you made that leap? What was that? I did a whole lot of social audio. So like Clubhouse and um, a little bit of some of the other platforms like that. Starting in about, I don't know, maybe spring last year, spring 2021. And that was really helpful for me. And I'm not sure I needed to do it, but it just helped me have more of an interactive relationship with my listeners and being able to have people come up on stage and ask questions and just getting more into conversation with people was, I think, what I needed to. I don't know, see that there was something I could charge for and help with. It was harder for me to see in more of the broadcast podcasting sense, which may have been my own. Maybe there would have been ways for me to engage more like in a back and forth relationship earlier. But I think it took me getting into conversation with my listeners, learning more about them, what they struggled with, and just consistently hearing that people loved learning everything that they were learning, but they were having trouble actually taking the action. That just a light bulb moment for me that oh, I can help with this. Like, this is something I figured out actually through the podcast in many ways. I would say it was about maybe a year in when I started playing around with the idea. So yeah, it was at least a full year of I'm creating content. There is no money behind it. And it costs me money because I pay for my Buzzsprout every month, you know, but I just... Again, it was just one of those, like, this feels right type of thing. So I'm going to follow that. Yeah, in about a year, and I started playing around with the idea. I did a very long pre-launch, which is what I would recommend for anyone launching anything, basically, is that the pre-launch period is the most important part when you're talking about it, building excitement about it, creating content that relates to it. So for pretty much all of the fall 2021, I was I mentioned it on the podcast that it was coming and hinted about it, and then... In December, I opened the doors and the response was great. And yeah, I'll be opening them back up in March. So I want to go back and uh, unpack something you talked about, because out of the 
20 interviews that I've done for this podcast, you're the first person to bring this up. So hmm. I want to make sure that we take some time, unpack this and explore it a little bit, because when you said it, I was like, of course, that makes total sense. That hmm. is using Clubhouse to connect with your community. First off, I think that's brilliant. <laughs> You're already talking into a microphone anyways. Why not talk to a microphone where your community can actually engage with you? First off, what I would like to do is ask you the question, how did you come up with that idea? Because that's brilliant. And the second thing is that how did you start driving your listeners to your community inside of Clubhouse? Did you create your own room? Did you create your own space? I'm curious minds want to know. So, yeah. so those are the questions. So let's start with the first one. What made you think of start using Clubhouse? I just get really excited about new things that come out. So <laughs> when it first was building hype and excitement, I found myself with an invite and I started playing around with it. And I, I do love, like, as I mentioned earlier, I love the audio format for content, but there was something really special about it being a conversation. So I started joining other people's rooms. Eventually I was brave enough to start my own room. They, in the beginning, were not really directly for the podcast. They were just like, I'm on Clubhouse. Let's have a conversation about marketing or a small business or whatever it was. And at no point, actually, was it formally like a podcast content. It was just, I would tell people I was on Clubhouse on my podcast. I would say the, the funnel, if there was one, was that I always sent people to my Instagram who listened to the podcast. Right. And then I pushed pushed the rooms I was doing on Clubhouse very hard from my Instagram. So when I was, if people followed me on Instagram, I would do stories that had the deadline countdown timer. Of, There's a room starting at this point. And then Clubhouse eventually came out with a link where you could add the link to the specific event. So it wasn't that I was recording podcast episodes on Clubhouse, but it was the same content. And they ended up being a funnel back and forth. So sure. a lot of new people found me on Clubhouse that didn't know me through the podcast and they'd start listening to the podcast and vice versa. So I think if podcasting is your format, then social audio is a good opportunity for you because they can, yeah, you can cross promote in both directions. I love it. And, and I just do, I want to say this for our audience and anybody's listening that from my own experience using Clubhouse and I used it a lot actually last June and July that mm -hmm. The audiences on there are actually very highly engaged, right? If you're providing value, the audience will respond. And at that time, whenever I gave my call to action, typically I was seeing about a 30% response rate from the people that were in the room, meaning that if we had 20 people, six or seven of them were going out and, you know, signing up for my freebie, whatever it was. And I was just amazed yeah. at how the people on Clubhouse, how interactive they are. They will chase down your Instagram profile. They will look at your link, you know, because the, all the time people are saying, oh, you got to make it easy. You got to make it easy. But there's something a little bit different about Clubhouse that when people, you know, talk to you, interact with you, it just, man, it just helps to move them through your funnel so quickly. And so that's absolutely brilliant. Now, I, I know you've talked about this before about, and I want to talk about, about getting your audience actually to Clubhouse. So was it just a matter of just mentioned it on the podcast? Is it links in the show notes? How many times did you have to do it before you started to see any like real momentum or getting people to follow you inside a Clubhouse? Curious minds want to know. 
Yeah, I would say I did. I mentioned it when I started getting really active on Clubhouse. I started mentioning it a lot on the podcast. Oh, I was in a Clubhouse. Like, not necessarily go follow me on Clubhouse, but making it the context of what I was talking about a lot of the time. I would mention a question that came up in a Clubhouse room or in my intro, just talk about how that was something I was doing a lot of lately. But like I said, I would say the bigger thing was I work really hard to get my listeners connected with me on Instagram. That's always been a big focus because that's kind of my main, most active social media platform. So once people were on Instagram connected with me there, I was pushing all of my clubhouse stuff very hard there. I also had when I was running like many rooms a week for a while, which I don't have time for now, but for a period of time I was, and I had a calendar on my Instagram bio of all my clubhouse rooms. So I said, I could just say, if you want to come talk with me anytime this week, like here's my schedule. And people could just go click the link and add those links to their calendar. Yeah. But I think the funnel was really to the extent that I like to even use the word funnel because I think it's a little dehumanizing in some ways, but like the <laughs> process, I guess, the mechanism was podcast to Instagram to Clubhouse and then both ways, Clubhouse to Instagram to podcast. Nice. Absolutely love that. And it's, that's such a fresh idea. So when you first got into podcasting, what was one of the biggest obstacles or struggles that you had? I'm coming back to it again, but it was mindset. It was, do I have something people want to hear? Like, why would anyone listen to me? Imposter versus syndrome. everyone else. Imposter syndrome. This is going to maybe sound weird to say, but I think when you see people creating content that's 10 ways to do this. In the beginning, oh, yeah. I was like, who are they to say what the 10 ways are? You know, like, why would I get to be the one to say, here are 10 ways to do this? And so I guess just being willing to put that like authority hat on and even if I didn't totally believe it in myself yet, just be willing to put it out there anyway. I would say that has been such a huge paradigm shift for me, has been understanding that I can feel uncomfortable with something and still do it. That right. doesn't, being uncomfortable with something doesn't have to stop you from taking action. In fact, most of the best things happen outside of your comfort zone. So I would say my biggest struggle has been just believing that I had something to share and being willing to do it. Um, other struggles have been in the beginning, the downloads were really slow. And so that uh, was hard for me to see. I like to see results fast and I wasn't yes. seeing them in the beginning. I don't have a great solution to that other than just like continuing to show up consistently with great content. And eventually, I think most people's download numbers are like this exponential curve yep. that goes up like it so slow, like almost nothing. And then all of a sudden it just picks up, just hanging in there and focusing on the quality and the consistency. Yeah. And you bring up a good point because a lot of times when I talk to entrepreneurs, it's almost like I, I tell them, don't even look at your downloads. And I, I'm working with a client now and it's until she gets to 50 episodes, I say, don't pay attention to downloads. Mm -hmm. You know, right now it's like you said, we've got to build that consistency into the publishing schedule, but getting it out there. And if you ever come back to me and say only four people downloaded in the last episode, you're going to get 50 lashes with a wet noodle. <laughs> We're not focusing on that because like you said, it takes a while. It takes momentum, but you also too, which I, I think is brilliant about what it is that you're doing because you, you understand marketing though, is that you're also, you're also 
talking about your podcast on these other channels. So you're in Instagram, you're on Clubhouse and talking about your podcast and bringing it back and forth. So that really helps to, first off, build a relationship with the people, but second mm-hmm. off, get them to subscribe to your podcast because with that long form content is where you can really uh, focus on getting your message out there. Uh, the I absolutely love I'll, that. I'll just add too is I underestimated how evergreen podcast content is in the beginning. Yes. If I create, if I spend an hour on an Instagram post today, like it gets attention for a week, maybe at the most, and then it's done. Whereas even though in the beginning of my podcast, like episodes one through 20 did not get almost any downloads in the beginning. Right. Those are getting downloads every day now. So it's not, it's not like it's a waste. If in the beginning you're not seeing the downloads, like people will go back once they I've, I hear from people all the time who start listening and then they want to start at the beginning. And so that stuff still, it still delivers a long time after the fact in a way that just doesn't happen with a lot of other kinds of marketing content. Yeah. And I'm really glad that you pointed out because so many people, they just, they think Facebook or Instagram and you know what happened, you put it in context of what you're talking about there. I, I follow famous people, real thought leaders. I cannot tell you, I probably could count on one finger how many times I clicked on somebody's profile and maybe went back through their reels or their stories or their post on Instagram, like browsing through their history. Mm-hmm. Now I come across a podcast that I really like. Yeah. Every episode I'm, I'm getting downloads. So those episodes that you put out there, like you were talking about before, like your first 20, those are like, and I, when I, I talk to people, I'm like, you might as well consider those your pillar post, right? Talk about the really important stuff that you want to share with the world. When people listen to an episode of your podcast, they're going to go right back to episode one. Mm-hmm. And I want to hear this person from the beginning and I want to talk to them. And I'm glad that you share that same thought yeah. because that's the power of podcasting is that, and, and then when you do get to episode 51 and I allow you to look at your download numbers, <laughs> you'll be surprised that you'll get 10, 15, 20 downloads. And all of a sudden, one day you'll get a spike of 75. Yeah. That probably somebody found your podcast and said, I like the way this person thinks, went back to episode one and just started listening from Mm -hmm. the beginning. And those are the people there that get excited about your content. They hit that subscribe button. Oh, you're on Clubhouse. And now they're, you know, in the Clubhouse. So it's, yeah, yeah, it just opens up a a world that's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Now, what I would like to do is, because I know we talk a lot about mindset, so I kind of already know the answer to this, but I'm going <laughs> to let you run with it anyways. So the entrepreneur out there who has a podcast is probably struggling right now with that podcast. What would be like a piece of advice or a couple pieces of advice that you would give them? So many things. I think you're right. My number one piece of advice would be to really focus on creating good content consistently and focus much more on the process and act of doing that than the results that you see in the beginning because the results take time and your efforts compound over time but knowing that you're creating like all you can do in the moment I guess when you're not seeing those results is show up consistently. I would say once a week is my preference for podcasters and then make sure that content is good. A couple other just little tips. One of the big things I did to start driving up my numbers was I did 
I've now done it two Decembers in a row, both Decembers that I've had the podcast. And that's been double the episodes in December as like a holiday gift. So I position it as this is my holiday gift to my amazing community. We're doing double the episodes every December. A lot of it's easy to do that, too, because there's so much content that is seasonal for that time of year, like doing your year in review or planning for the year to come. Or for me, I talk a lot about like holiday sales tactics and holiday promotional ideas. So instead of the normally four episodes that I release normally per month in December, there's eight or nine. And that I just that spikes. You'll see this spike every time I've done it so far, which is just twice, but December. And then those episodes are mostly downloaded actually in January. So I've seen these like just huge jumps and they keep going. So that has been a really fun kind of campaign to run that I can have a lot of buzz around and just gives me a lot of content to be talking about. It's hard. It's a lot of content to create, but it's I will definitely keep doing that. That's been really fun. And then my other tip is something I mentioned, which is just the idea of if you are going to try to monetize through your own program in some way, understanding that you're probably going to have to do marketing more marketing than you expect. Yep. So being willing to talk about things over and over again, even when you feel like you're being annoying. Podcasting is pro- like your podcast is probably providing a lot of value consistently. And so you should not be afraid to say, hey, if you want more of this or if you need XYZ, I have this thing for you. I, when I was launching my membership, I said that every episode for months, I was saying the same message about, I have this program coming. This is what it's going to be about. Let me know if you're interested. And I did feel like I was being annoying, <laughs> but I'm a marketer. So I knew that I needed right. to, and it really paid off. And I think a lot of people are just afraid to ask for the sale or afraid to promote things. It's a business. And also, if you really believe in what you're doing, it is a disservice to people not to communicate how you can help them. So those would be my pieces of advice. <laughs> and you said that you said something really great there. And I want to make sure that we go in and, and I point that out to the audience is what I do is I say, you know, if you're going to produce a piece of content, you know, and actually I learned this from Russell Brunson with ClickFunnels, a hook story offer, hook story offer. And you can make an offer. And you mentioned this before. One of my previous guests used the term uh, micro mention. I do product, I say product placement, but it's very easy and just very casual just to, as long as it fits in the context of what you're talking about, be able to mention the program, the service, the lead magnet, the monthly membership, whatever it is. And you're right. And you use the term and it was so awesome. Ask for the sale. That's so critical because a lot of the times it's like, for whatever reason, another for an entrepreneur, it's we build a great product. We build a great service. We know we can add value and we don't do anything. Just thinking that people are just going to magically open up their wallets and start giving us money when we have to actually say to them, Hey, there's this great thing going on. You need to go check it out. If you're experiencing X, Y, Z problems, I can help you solve them. We can work together. We have this great community, whatever that call to action might be, but mm-hmm. you have to ask for the sale. That's we're yeah. entrepreneurs. We've mm-hmm. got to have money coming through the door. We got to, we've got to pay bills. And so I absolutely love that. Yeah. I think something easy to underestimate, you just use the word is call to action and As marketers, as content creators, we always have to be telling people what we want them to do next as the next step. And it's really easy just not to, but 
people like to be told what to do, actually. Like it's it takes some pressure off. Go download this thing now. Like that's no one has to do it. Giving people a next step is is helpful to them a lot of the time. So, yeah. One of the uh, I want to share this little short story with you. So I just got into doing Instagram reels Mm -hmm. as well as TikTok. So I'm putting out reels. I've been doing it now for a week and a half. They're nothing special, but I'm doing it. And so one of my friends reached out to me and she said, hey, you're always saying to include a call to action. None of your reels have a call to action. Hmm. And I was like, oh, I can't believe it. So the very next reel that I put together, I put a simple call to action at the end, a follow for more tips. Mm-hmm. And for the first time, I got 12 people following me, which I was like shell shock. I was sitting there eating dinner. My phone kept lighting up and I was like, what's this? And I looked at it like 12 people started following me. Yeah. I got 10 people that hearted the video, which mm-hmm. was shocking because I only got like maybe one or two hearts before. But in this case, I got like 10, which yeah. was great. And people left comments and I was, I just was sitting there thinking to myself, wow, all that because, you know, I, I produced a piece of content that added value, mm-hmm. but I included the call to action, right? I asked for the sale mm-hmm. and a lot of time with the call to action, right? When I say ask for the sale, uh, that could be any number of things. It could be like this video. It could be follow for more tips. It could be go and get my freebie or join my membership. The call to action could be any number of things just to do something to get your audience to start interacting with your brand. That's yeah. really the true definition of a call to action. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely love that. Man, I can sit here and chat with you all day. Me this too. Is great. Yeah, this is fun. <laughs> yeah, I was loving this conversation. And uh, I'm already feeling I'm going to have to be back on the podcast at some point in time in the very Yay. near future. <laughs> Yay! Because I'm loving this. For somebody who's listening to this, they, they want to start listening to your podcast. Maybe they want to check out your community, you know, your Instagram, or even find you on Clubhouse, which, by the way, I still love that idea. Uh, How can they find you? Yeah, so I'm pretty easy to find. I would say the best place is Instagram um, at Lauren Tilden. So it's L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-L-D-E-N. And the podcast, you can find at makinggoodpodcast.com or on any of the major podcast players. Just search Making Good. And yeah, if you are interested in learning more about the program, it's called Making Good Happen. And I talk about it all the time in both of those places. So just find me on Instagram or in the podcast. Awesome. Love it. And for our audience, we will have all those uh, delicious links in the show notes down below. Lauren, it's been great having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. This has been such a blast. Thanks for having me, Cliff. Hey, everyone. I want to let you know that enrollment for our free five-day Start My Business podcast challenge is officially open. If you're an entrepreneur and you're thinking a podcast would be a great way to grow your business, but you're not sure how to start one, then this challenge is for you. This challenge is designed by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Now, within the five-day challenge, you'll go from ground zero to having a fully operational podcast that you can use to start growing your business. I'll be sharing with you simple tips and tricks that took me years to learn that will prevent you from spending hours on one episode. Head over to startmybusinesspodcastchallenge.com or click on the link in the show notes down below. We'll see you there.